0: Amazing Grace Kona Welcome you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Guys, we're in Psalm five and the Psalm, this Psalm in particular, the first part of this Psalm, this is a Psalm what David wrote. It was written for the choir to sing and it was actually one of the Psalms that's actually written in the Hebrew. They put little notes above the Psalm. Um, directions to the choir director and this one is actually to be accompanied with the flute so this is a psalm that was sung with with flute accompaniment and and sung unto the lord and this psalm you might know the first this first verse of this psalm gets quoted many times in christian circles it's it, it, let me read it to you psalm five verse one reads give ear to my words o lord consider my meditations or my groanings hearken unto the sound of my cry or my cry for help, my King and my God, for unto you do I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and will eagerly watch. Or the King James says, will eagerly look up. I'm, I'm waiting to see your answer. Now, this is a beautiful instruction, really. He's crying out, give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation, my groanings. I like the Hebrew word is meditation or groaning is basically what's coming out of you from inside deep, not the superficial outer, outward, oh, hi, everybody. What's really going on, the, the meditation or the groaning would be the stuff that's going down on inside that you might not say. So if someone said to you, how are you doing today? You went, oh, fine. You could be really wrestling inside. You could, and that, Oftentimes we do that, don't we? We we fake it. Oh yeah, just oh fine, you know, like superficial hello, yeah, cordial thing. But sometimes on the inside we're going through turmoil. There's things, issues happening inside our heart. We're struggling. Maybe somebody offended us, and we want to wring their neck. And and the Lord's going okay, and He's working with us. And and we're, those are our real groanings, our real meditations. The things are are we're mulling over in our being that we're considering now the psalm of david cries out to the lord give ear to my words but consider my my inner groanings isn't this nice that you can go to the lord and say lord consider what i'm really wrestling with inside is it nice to have a god that we can pour out our heart to and say lord i'm really struggling with this stuff would you consider this would you do something about and what he's saying is he's crying to the lord can i just pour out my heart to you and give you just lay it on the table here's all my my meditation my groanings the stuff i'm really wrestling with and and he says hearken unto the sound of my cry lord hear my cry for help my king and my god for unto thee do i pray now in the morning he says o oh lord you will hear my voice in the morning i will i will order my prayer to you and i will eagerly watch or look up I'm gonna in the morning. This is a great thing, David. This is something I I think is very important to teach the, the young Christians to start their day. Like David said, "Oh Lord, in the morning, I'm gonna lo- I'm gonna put my prayer to you." You know, some of the kids go, "Why do you start your day off praying?" If you've been a Christian a while, you know, does it affect your day? On um, on the days what? Who just think think back like just over the course of a few years in your Christian experience for those you've been in the Lord a while. How about the days when you forgot to start your day praying? And notice any difference between the days when you, when you ordered your prayers to the Lord first, and then the days when you forgot. And I can look back and think, boy, it's a lot better on the days I prayed first. The day goes so much better when I start off with prayer to the Lord. I just, and we can, David's putting it in a great way if you if you know the hebrew here this is wonderful he's saying i could pour out everything from the, my inner being my groanings my my meditations of my heart the stuff i'm really mulling over i say lord here it is i lay it before you and i cry out to you in the morning and i wait now that i've cried out to you he says and now i just eagerly wait for your answer because I know you answer. He knew that there's a there's this great thing that happens when we cry to the Lord. He didn't say, yeah, I talked to God and well, he never really talks back or once in a great while I might hear. No, he says, as soon as I pour out my groanings to the Lord, I just lay it before him and I cry out to him in the morning. Then I just look up and I wait eagerly. I eagerly watch for what What's your answer? Because when you cry out to the Lord, will he answer you? Yes. This is why David said, I, I'm gonna cry out to the Lord every morning. And then I'm gonna eagerly wait and watch for you to answer. Now he goes on and he explains something that is really is good for is sobering for my spirit and helpful for because sometimes in this world while we're waiting for an answer, we might look around at the wicked around us and think. Man, they're getting away with everything, and their life is all pleasure and ease and no problem. And you know, even the psalmist later—well, maybe I'll go to that later—but he complained to the Lord about this. Lord, their their eyes bulge with fatness, and they have it so easy. And and I'm just serving you, and it's—and my life isn't easy. I, he he he's like, this is terrible, and he says, and it really troubled, troubled him. He said, until I went into the house of the Lord. And I consider, what is their end? You know, if they don't know the Lord, let them have a good life now, because that's as close to heaven as they're ever going to get. See, by the way, for us Christians, this is as close to hell as you're ever going to get. This is your worst day down here. That's it, man, because after you leave, we we go to be with the Lord. There won't be any more pain, no more sorrow. So our worst day here, that's our closest day to hell. The non-believers' best day here is their closest day to heaven. Because when they leave here, it's not going to be good for them. They don't come to know the Lord. And David, he must have been crying out to the Lord and waiting for answers. And while he was waiting, he looked around. He saw the wicked, what they were up to. And the Lord gave him this to pass on in this psalm. Verse 4, he says, For, Lord, you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. No evil dwells with you. He says, The boastful shall, shall not stand before your eyes you hate all who do iniquity you destroy those who speak falsehood the lord abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit but as for me by your abundant loving kindness i will enter your house and at your holy temple i will bow in reverence for you O lord lead me in your righteousness because of my foes make your way straight before me there is nothing reliable in what they say. Their inward part is destruction itself. And it says in their, their throat, it's an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Boy, David spots the, the wicked, what they're up to. In fact, flattery, that, that's one of the first things that he says, you know, to be aware of flattery. When someone comes and flatters you, oh, you're so great. You are the greatest preacher I have ever heard. You know, when they start doing that, I'm like, what do they want? David said, these guys, they there's nothing reliable in what they say. Hold them guilty, O God. By their own devices, let them fall. In the multitude of their transgressions, he says, thrust them out, for they are rebellious against you. Now, is rebellion against the Lord a, a good thing to do? No. I mean, it's one of the things that it tells us in the scripture. Rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. It's not something we're recommended to do. I mean, it is something god will cast out the rebellious one the one that is rebellious against him and even paul paul points out he was chief among, chiefest amongst the sinners he said i was a rebellion in rebellion against the lord but the lord had great mercy on me he said and the lord well you know how the lord converted him right when he was going to damascus he had that letter to to kill it was from the chief priests they gave him permission Go arrest anyone who belonged to this way, the way they called it. That's what the early church was called, the way. Why did? Why was it called the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one gets to the Father except through me. And so the early church was just called the way because the way to God is Jesus. And Paul, he got a letter from the chief chief, pharisees and scribes and he 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 had permission to go have any of these new converts to this way beaten try to get them to denounce their newfound faith or or imprisoned and he was doing great harm to the church and jesus who was already resurrected appeared to him it says brighter than the sun at high noon and said soul soul why dost thou persecuteth me and he he came back with a real quick one he was like who art thou, Lord, that I might serve thee? He said, I'm Jesus. Now, I find it interesting because Jesus wasn't really on the earth at that point physically. We, we already read in Acts earlier that he had ascended and was seated right hand of the Father. And the apostles saw that their their, their jaw hung down. <gasps> they were like, oh, look it. And they got a glimpse into heaven. There's God's throne. There, Jesus is there. And the angel said, why are you guys staring so intently you know why are you gawking with your jaw unhinged why why? don't you know this jesus the way you saw him go how he was he just ascended up into heaven the heavens parted and and received him it says he will come in like manner as you have seen him go well what do we read in revelation the sky is going to rent open peel back and who's going to be coming jesus and he'll return in the like manner of what they saw him leave only When he returns the second time, it says he won't come in reference to sin. The first coming was to take away sin. The second, he will come to rule and to reign. He'll come, well, it says he'll be on a flying horse with a, written on his thigh will say, king of kings and lord of lords. And he'll have, he'll come with his myriad of of his army, all the saints flying in with, it's going to be a great day. Now, we who are alive, it says, will be caught up to meet him in the air. I, I look forward, I'm like, Boy, this is going to be fun. What a day! You know, this is now. Who taught this stuff, by the way? Who who came up with this whole idea that the Lord's coming back? Do you remember this? Because some people say you really are big on Jesus coming back, aren't you? And I'm like, yes, I am. I said, well, where did you learn that? I said, John. I said, who who taught that? Um, let me see. That'd be John chapter fourteen. Uh, a guy named Jesus taught that. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions and I go to prepare a place for you. Then and he says that I, I'm preparing a place for you that I might come again to receive you to myself, that where I am you may be also. I want you to be with me. So I'm gonna go there, don't and their hearts were really heavy. They're like, oh no, he's leaving. He's just telling them, look, I'll be back. I'll be back. Don't don't freak out. I'll be back. He's the one who taught that he would come. He says Comfort one another with these words. This should make us as Christians comforted, like someday. We don't know the day or the hour, but we know the truth that he will come. And it says that truth purifies our hearts. But see, we, we have this hope, it says, that we're going to see him someday. And when we see him, it says we will be made like him. You know, all the this corruption that we had, the 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 mortal bodies that we possess... What's it say? The mortal will be changed into immortal. The corruption will put on incorruption. You get a new body. No more pain. No more sorrow. Made like him. When we see him, that's what's going to happen in a moment. You know, some of you when Jesus said, watch out for fellows that say, oh, Jesus is back. He's over there in the wilderness. Go out there and see him. He said, don't even bother. That's a false messiah. Because it says the coming of the Son of Man will be faster than lightning flashes from the east to the west. He'll be back so quick. There's no way someone's going to outrun lightning to get to you to tell you that Jesus is back. Jesus will beat them. He'll be there already telling you I'm here. That's why we need to be ready at all times because there's not, there's not going to be that uh-oh, hurry, now You know some people like to wait to the last minute, put it off. They're like, I'll do it when it's, um, yeah, later, later, later. No, you need to get ready now. Because when he comes, it says his coming was so quick. It'd be like a thief in the night. It will be, boom. You won't have time to be going, I'll get ready later. Get ready now. So that when he does come, you will be like the wise virgins that had their lamp full of oil and are ready to go in. You're you're ready to go to the marriage supper. You're like, okay, let's do it. We want to be ready. It's exciting to have this hope. But this hope, I've shared it before, but this hope purifies my heart. Because I sure don't want to be sinning when Jesus is coming. Do you? I mean, whenever, whenever I'm tempted to sin, sometimes the Holy Ghost just reminds me of this truth and says, you know, I could send Jesus right now. You did just teach everybody last night about how I could come any minute and you're sure you want to sin? You want me to show up and you'll be sinning right while I, No, Lord, I don't. Doesn't that kind of purify from within my heart? My heart goes, yeah, I'll pass. I don't want to, this is not the last thing. I want to be the last thing I'm preaching to you about is coming, not I'm sinning. And then he comes and I'm like spiritually caught with my drawers down, so to speak, going, oh, no, I, I didn't expect you. You know, no, I want to be, I want to be like in a sober spirit. Well, David, while he's saying this psalm about crying out to the Lord and waiting for the Lord's answer, he must have looked out and seen the wicked getting away with all this stuff. And he says in it, you know, Lord, I I I see that, but I see that their end. And by the way, this is a good thing. He recognizes that God, you are a a, a God who takes no pleasure in wickedness. Verse four said, and no evil dwells with you. So even though they're doing evil, he recognized with you, Lord. There's no, you have no evil, no evil dwells with you. So they're not going to be dwelling with you. And and then he says, and I, I Lord, lead me. As for me, verse 7, he says, By your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house and your holy temple I will bow in reverence for you. And, oh, Lord, lead me in your righteousness, verse 8 says, because of my foes. Did David have enemies? Remember King David? He had a few few enemies, didn't he? He said, lead me in your ways, Lord. Make, make my way, well, your way straight before me. Let me walk in that right path. And then, he says, Lord, and take care of those bad guys. You hold them guilty, O oh God. You let their own devices m- make them fall. Let them get caught in the... You know, when the wicked started making traps against David, David just cried out to the Lord, let them get caught in their own trap. Lord, you know, they're, they're setting a trap for me. How about let their trap spring on them? Let it spring right on them. Get it, get them caught in their own trap. Let, the, let them get what they're... Blank. now can god do that to the wicked when the wicked plan oh yeah the wicked can make some bad plans to, to ruin you and and some people get all worried about the wicked's plans and i think don't david knew what would god his god was pretty big his god could make their trap catch them it's just you take care of it lord and verse 11 he says but let all who take refuge in you that's everyone around the table. Every one of us that takes refuge in the Lord. He's our safe haven. He says, let all of us be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. And may you shelter them. That those who love your name may exalt. Exalt is means to exceedingly leap for joy. Like jumping up and a, yay, thank you, God. We, you take care of us. We exult in you. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield. This is something that is really sweet. David recognized when you walk upright with the Lord, that the Lord has a blessing for you. He blesses the righteous man. And he surrounds him with favor from God. I don't know about you, but this is something, to have God's favor, is that a, is that a good thing for us to have and someone says wow you seem to have god's favor in your life always he's looking out for you he's always he's favor is well some of the kids would be does that mean you're his favorite it's favor well yeah kind of i mean it means he's he sees you and he's looking out for you and he says to the person who does rightly before god righteously and by the way our righteousness is simply being right in right standing with god because of what jesus did not because we're perfect because christ was the perfect sacrifice that's what makes us righteous but when we when we receive that god says he reckons that to us he counts that to our account as righteousness when we believe in jesus they're right with me and when we're right with him he says you get god's favor surrounding you like a shield Anyone want God's favor like a shield? I do. Man, Lord, put your favor around me like a shield. Because when he, when he puts that favor, his favor around you, his, it's his shield around your life. It's a protection. That song got me an understanding that I need to wake up and pray. Like start my day. It, David started his day. And at the end of this psalm, David has God's favor as a shield around him, thinking, "I'm doing this psalm, forget it I'm the wicked do whatever they want to do. It doesn't sound good for them. they they don't wind up in a good way, but the guy who does what's right, he gets God answering his prayers, he gets God's favor on his life surrounding him like a shield, and he gets he gets God to hear all of the cries of his heart, his meditation his groanings whatever's going on inside he can just pour it out to his to a living god who hears his prayer and will answer you know isn't that the nice thing about the lord that when you can you don't have to hide anything from the lord when you're struggling you say lord man i'm really struggling do we have to lie to god oh god i just thank thee that i have such a nice life and inside you're going "Ah, oh, i hate it i'm having a bad day you know you can't, you can't snow him anyway, so quit trying. This psalm declares what you should do. Just lay it out there to him. Cry out to him in the morning. Say, Lord, consider my groanings. You know, I got some problems that I'm just going to lay it on you. But when you do, David said, he was, he looked up anxiously, expectantly. He was watching. What will he do now? When I Pour out my heart. And King David had foes. But he saw the battle belonged to who? To the Lord. And he learned. to he, he, he fought a bit for his own battles. Got himself in some deep holes. Till he grew in his faith and understood God is the one that has to fight our battles. You got to let the Lord fight our battles. You know, it's so much better when you let the Lord fight your battles and let him be your shield he has ways to take care of our foes better than we could ever do when the enemy thinks he's going to pull some wicked maneuver against us david says i'm really glad i got you to cry out to lord you're when my foes are against me he says he says you lead me in your righteousness and you take care of them you make my way straight and as for them lord you you know how to take care of them and that's something we learn as we grow but it's good to learn from an older Christian to pass that on to a younger Christian. Let let me tell you, the Lord is very good at fighting battle. You know, some people get all freaked out about things. They they hear a rumor, oh, no, did you hear that this bad thing's going to happen to this church? And so there's some people coming against them. They want to stop them from, I remember when Bruce Campbell was um, trying to get a turn lane into Grace Community Church. Oh, no, they say, you can't do it. All these people have So no way on Polani Road to have a turn lane and they're going to have to move this power pole. And and it's a big, it's big money to move the, the main power pole on the thing. And I was thinking, is it hard for the Lord to move the power pole? Somebody crashed into the power pole. It went down. All the paperwork was in for moving. It just needed to be moved like 50 feet down the road. But because of where it was, they couldn't, you know, widen it enough to make that turn lane. And so the Lord just goes, no problem. I'll just have it fall down. You know, bam, someone took it out, took out the main power pole on Pilani, dropped it. And they went, well, now that it's down, we have to pay to put it up anyway. And this church is willing to pay. Uh, They were going to ask if they would move it, but they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't move it. But now that it fell down, I guess we could just put up a new one over there, a better one. Let the church pay for it Let them have their turn. I go, guys, there was people saying, it's never going to, there's such a, so much lobbying against them getting the, why should they get a turn? When God is for you, what's the Bible say? Who can be be against against you? You You know, Tex at Solid Rock had things against him when he was trying to get out in the old industrial, I'm sorry, the new industrial, trying to get into the building out there. Yeah, you can't do that. This industrial area, you can't have a church there. I remember all these things. We've had it for us against the beach. You know, you're on the beach. How do you get to be on the beach? Well, because we have a really big God. And the enemy comes with all sorts of plans that he likes to try to scare us with. But who is it that fights our battle? It's the Lord. And we just need to be reminded. And we can remember, we can cry out all our groanings, all, all of our meditation, all the stuff that's really going on inside. You don't have to hide that from God. You can't anyway. You might think you can, I'm not going to tell him I'm really struggling with this particular thing. I'll just, oh God, let me thank you for this day and please give me my daily bread. And you know, and in, inwardly you're just dying over some issue. Just cry out and lay it on the table because he already knows anyway. He's God. He's a living God. And this Psalm just reminds me how to get his favor like a shield, cry out and lay it on the table and look up and wait for His answer. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at amazinggracekona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.